0: I closed 130 transactions, It was like right around 25 million in production.
1: That's amazing. And my understanding is you did that as a solo agent by
0: yourself. Is that correct? So my first year, so my first year on my own was like first full year was 2019. You know, the first three months transitioning, branding, you know, you're starting all over, you know, you're building that foundation. They're on 60 or 65 transactions. My first year, and that was around 10 million, if I'm not wrong, in production. And which was a lot better than I even thought I would do being my first year on my own, like solo agent, not with a team and referrals and your book of business, you know, but I was prospecting on the phone like seven days a week. That's how I got there. Social media, I was all over social. Media. You couldn't get on social media without seeing my face. You went to stories. You see me, you went to Snapchat. You see me, you see me Instagram. You see me on LinkedIn. Oh my God. Everywhere I go. Oh, you're everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. You <laughs> I'm saying? Insight in mind. In my second year, I doubled, well, more than doubled, my production in units. And I'm like, holy, wow. I'm, I'm new. And, I, and, and that was like with only prospecting half the year, not the whole year.
1: Mastermind Agent is proud to present Success Calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to Success Calls. This month's top agent is Al Abdallah with eXp Realty in Dearborn, Michigan. Welcome to the call, Al. Hey, thank you very much, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hey, Al, it's great to have you here. I'm real excited to talk to you today. I know you have a lot of passion and excitement. This is going to be such a fun call. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate.
0: Uh, You know, I was a, so a lot of people don't know this. I was a professional drummer and a restaurant entrepreneur. You know, my parents in the restaurant business, uh, and I got in when I was like eight years old, and helped them out. You know, I was the the, the, the number one busboy, the number one vacuum guy, the number one dishwasher, and then worked my way up. You know, into obviously uh, cook, then manager, then ran the show and took over the whole restaurant. And uh, I always knew I was going to get into real estate; I just didn't know when. And then at five years old, I was. I had a passion for music, so I was always playing the percussion drums and drums, drum set, doing back Middle Eastern, different instruments, and joined band, the American band, you know, like in third grade, all the way up to uh, my senior year and started playing professionally, started playing at weddings and parties and concerts. I was 13 years old, one of the youngest musicians to be on stage. I was like, whose son is that on the stage? That's a drummer. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. (laughs) That is cool. So now it sounds like you had kind of a dual track then. You were doing the drums, you were working in the family restaurant, you were building yourself up. Uh, How long did you do that before you had transitioned into real estate? How old were you when you started to
0: look at the real estate idea? Uh, So as a kid growing up, you know, everybody's paying attention in class. I was drawing houses (laughs) and cars. And so since I was a kid, I've always had a passion for real estate for some real weird reason. 1989. in my oldest brother went from a financial marketing degree in, uh, sorry about the background noise, I got closings going on in my office. So if you hear any background noise, that's a good sign. That means we're a busy office, busy office and doing a lot of stuff. But anyways, so my brother uh, went from a finance marketing degree in the University of Michigan, right there, okay, uh, to, um, to helping my parents with the real estate transaction on their house and my dad had a bad taste of real estate agents because the first agent did us wrong. The second agent did it even worse. So my dad just had this really bad image of realtors. So my brother hopped in translating and everything else and told my dad, you know, dad, uh, you know, four years of University of Michigan finance degree, marketing degree, 4.0 student. You know, I think I want to be a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> right. My oldest brother. And my dad said, you know, we're Lebanese. And he said, Wait uh, wait wait wait. If you become a realtor, you are not my son. <laughs> no. I spent all that money and time, energy into you to get you here and there and everything else in college. You studied your ass off. Did I say that? Sorry, that's fine. Yeah, got your butt off uh, to become those one of those two guys that did us wrong. No. Well, he goes, you know, Dad, that's that's why I need to get in because we're an honest, ethical family the real estate industry needs somebody like that because we're very straight black and white people. And, uh, and sure enough, he got in and did very well his first year, second year, third year, and took off. And, and for me, I was watching him grow, you know? And I just knew. While I was on tour traveling around the world, you know, right out of high school at 17, which is when I started going professionally and traveling internationally, I just knew that was going to be my world, my life.
1: How much older is your older brother
0: uh i'm 46 uh he's 53 54 i think like eight or nine years older than me sure when you get older you start to forget <laughs> you know, the numbers you're catching up yeah. <laughs> so so you
1: you're on on tour you're doing your drumming but you're seeing what your brother's doing and how he's had success uh, did you get into real estate part-time, full-time? Was it on your own? Was it with him? How did you transition into real estate? First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com.
0: Now back to the show. So, between running the restaurant, going to school, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gigs and weddings and parties and concerts, to then when I got out of high school, I went straight into international traveling around the world. Then, when I, got, then I got, I traveled so much, Mike. Believe it or not, you know, at 18 and 19 and 17, all these ages, traveling around the world with 30, 40, 50 year olds, a lot of fun. And you're getting paid five-star hotel, first class airfare. But it got to a point where I just, I was getting over, over like just overwhelmed with just traveling and traveling and gigs and parties. And then in like in the mid nineties, I was starting to like, okay, I need to come back home and just settle down. And, and I was working in the restaurant running that and working after four o'clock with my brother in real estate part-time. So it was a part-time here. Then mid-90s to and part-time restaurant and part-time school. and I mean, I'm sorry, drumming. It was just a, a bunch of everything. And how long did you do that where you were doing everything before
1: you went full-time real estate? 99. I went full-time. Okay. So '99 for five years, you were doing this combination thing and then you went yeah. into it. How? Why did you go full time in the real estate? What was the transition? Were you trying to hit a certain income, or did you wait? Did something happen? What made you take that leap? So,
0: for, for the record, I'm very transparent, transparent, open book. Like I don't, I'm not very formal. I'm very you know, behind the student tie is a street guy. Okay, look, party hard when I was single, and uh, it was like you know being a young teenager. You know, traveling different countries, restaurant business, I had jet skis, I had boats, I had the convertibles, I had everything, everybody, most kids at my age would love to have, but I worked my butt off for it. So it wasn't just like hand-me-downs and give, give. And it just got to a point where, okay, you know, 1999, I got got fully licensed and I don't know how old I was, but I was mid-20s maybe. And it just at by the time i turned 25 mike i was like 55. <laughs> like i you know at 17 lived. traveling around the world you know you know you know those young i don't compare myself to like those justin beavers or whatever you know those young pop stars that started at a young age that was me i was that badass drummer on stage traveling around the world that everybody in our community knew and every big superstar lebanese singer around the world wanted out wanted me because I grew up learning the American funk, rock, jazz, marching band music here in the U.S., and I mixed that technique with Middle Eastern. So the combination of both made me very unique and very different and very, very high demand uh, drummer.
1: Who are some of the biggest bands that you worked with or singers or performers that people might recognize?
0: If they're in the Arabic world, if they're Middle Eastern, uh, my first one I, I started with was Walid Tofiq. Walid Tawfiq is the Michael Jackson of the Middle East at the time, in the beginning, early 90s, 80s and whatnot. Asa Sahlene, Ferris Karam, Najwa Karam, George Rassouf, Walid Qafur, I and go on. And I've, all every superstar singer that's like known started requesting me to travel with them. And I became like that it guy. It was cool, cool, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I <bet> it was. <laughs> I do it.
1: Well, it ran its course and you decided to settle down. You got into real estate. Let's move into the real estate now. When you decide to go full-time, well, actually, let me let me go into that part-time still because there are people listening might be part-time in real estate. What were you doing that part-time real estate? What exactly were you doing? Were you making calls for your brother? Were you helping him with showings? Were you
0: just doing wish. What were you doing? I wish, I wish that was my job. My first day on the job was uh, pick up a, a basketball game from Toys R Us for his son. Uh, go wash his car at the car wash, (laughs) even the gopher. Certificate of occupancy. I'm a gopher. (laughs) Put the lockbox on. Not oh, the one thing I was really good at that he taught me is door knocking. My job was for all the expired listings that you do not get. I'm sorry, for all the expired listings that he did not have the phone numbers for, or the phone numbers were disconnected. My job was to door knock the homeowner. And it'd be like in neighborhood by neighborhood. Okay, this, this day I'm doing this neighborhood, this day I'm doing that neighborhood. And and they would open the door and I'd say, hello, my name is Al. I'm with the Dave Abdallah team, This is my brother, okay? And Dave is trying to get a hold of you. And unfortunately, the number we have is disconnected. What number should he call you at? They're like, well, what does he need? Well, I have no idea. I Just something about your house, got some important information. And you know, they were getting called by other realtors, but not that amount of calls are getting now, because now there's all these dining which I'm on also. But, and well, I don't really feel, com- I, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I'm not a realtor. So I really don't know. So I was kind of like, Mike, it was cool that it was his younger brother, you know, not Dave door knocking. I guess, I think they felt bad. for. Me. Okay, just have them call me at, you know, whatever number and whatever. Now, Dave has got a phone number that nobody else has. And Dave would call him, Hey, I know you met my younger brother and blah blah blah. I just want to come by, take a look at your home. I know it came off the market and just want to see that the script of you know, whatever. So I was really good at that. And for sale by owners, I'd door knock them. I'd tell them, you know, you know, my brother's trying to get a hold of you. Is this the best number to call you at? And I'd build a little report at the door, and then or I'd send them, my brother the phone number and that picture of the house. And I would he would call them because those buy owners were hard to get, like there wasn't system algorithm systems that we have now. So sorry, I'm just kind of talking a little fast just so I can give you guys much contact. That's good. So you went out and you would find the
1: contact information for FISMOs and expireds, help your brother build that database and then he would prospect them. But so you were seeing the back end of who- I wasn't licensed first. at the time. Right, but you were, so you were on this unlicensed assistant helping him build up a database of these folks that he could prospect. And that, that probably gave you your chops though, to go out there and meet people face to face and feel comfortable with that. Because as we're gonna get to, you continue to do that. I don't wanna jump ahead, but that's coming. So let's move to where you got your
0: license. Why? So just just go back to that, Mike, sorry to cut you off. Sure. Like when I got my license, I was like, damn, he was making a lot of money. (laughs) I was like, man, no wonder you're sending me all these properties. And then it motivated me.
1: Then the bells went off. He started to open the books to you a little bit so you could see I was what's like, going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you got your license, uh, and the year you got your license and you were starting to go full-time into this, uh, were you working with your brother still? Did you branch yeah. off? What'd you do?
0: No. Oh, I was... Uh... So he had an assistant. He was doing 120 deals a year with one assistant, no buyer's agent. He was working 7 days a week, 24 hours a day. He didn't know his kids' ages, birthdays or anything. You know when you're building a when you're building something, you got to grind. And you got to put in that effort. My family were very like go-getter type A personnel, like draw, like like very driven to succeed and nobody's going to get in our way and that was his mentality, his DNA like that's how my dad's DNA, my mom's DNA. My dad's more engineer type, you know, success. My mom's more drill sergeant in your face. Like, get out of my way. I'm going to kick your ass type and tell, you know. <laughs> I, get, I got a, like a 50 50 swing between my parents, uh, both my parents. But yeah, so I, I hopped on as a buyer's agent. He was prospecting, getting all these listings, you know what I'm saying? And I was that buyer's agent that uh, was getting all these calls it got to a point where I was getting all these calls that I just told my brother, I said, Hey, I'm out, bro. I don't know Bob from bill from Mary from Jackie. I got so many buyers I'm working with. I don't know who's who, what's what, I don't know what, who's the A buyer, B buyer and C buyer. I said, yo, if we don't add on three, not one, three more buyers agents, I'm out. I can't take it no more. Like I was like morning till night, you know, all these people calling me, Hey, can I see this house? Hey, you didn't call me about that. house. I am like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm your buyer. What do you mean? Oh, okay. You know, that's called chaos. That's called unorganized business. So sometimes you just got to whoop and line things up and structure it. So I, then we added, uh, another assistant, another buyer's agent. And, uh, then boom, the team blew up. So you were working as a buyer's agent that first
1: year that you dove in and did that. How many transactions did you close with everything going insane, all these people running around? Give us some perspective. How many closings as a buyer? I would say I was
0: averaging probably uh, about 50 deals or so a year, you know what I'm saying? You know the thing that people find very, very interesting about me and you probably will too, Mike? I'm really not a numbers guy and I'm really not a, you know, this is my goal. This is my vision board. And this is my, um, this is my transaction count. This is my listing appointments, you know, a data spreadsheet. I know it's probably the right or the wrong way, but that wrong way, if it's wrong is right, is working right for me. And if it's the right way, it may be the wrong way for somebody else. You know, just that's, what's always worked for
1: me. Uh- Now, Al, are you, have you ever taken the DISC personality
0: profile, the DISC? No, but I know what it is. Yeah. And do you know what you are? Oh, type A on top, straight to your point. I'm a driver expressive. So I don't think the DISC is a driver analytical expressive, amiable personality styles, which I'm a big fan of. Okay. Like learning the personality styles, tonality, mirror mimic and all that. And I'm a driver analytical, which means I say it like it is. I'm not afraid to tell you how you feel or how I feel. But at the same time, you know, I, I like detail and I like. I like detail, I like structure. Uh, and I just the, the analytical part of me doesn't work with analytical people with numbers and data and spreadsheets. I don't know what kind of analytical you want to call, it, but I like detail, I like structure.
1: Okay, so you like logical flow, but the math part is not something that you ever got into. And you like you're amicable, you like to work with people. You're a hyper D and you rotate to the, the I and the C if people know the disc. Um there's one, called, there's one
0: called the chameleon. There's one that's called the chameleon. Yeah. That's that, why yeah, that's I extremely rare. Yeah. Whoever is in front of me. And right yeah. now my analytical brain is driving me nuts because that stupid screen is not <laughs> playing what I wanted it to play, but it's okay. <laughs> that's my analytical side. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, so let's keep going. So you you
1: got into the the industry uh, full-time, buyer agent for your brother, you're closing 50-some transactions a year. How long did you do that with him and the team as a buyer's agent? And did that morph for change into anything over the years? Did you ever go out on your own?
0: Give us some of the feeling of the story. So when we hired three more buyer's agents, the idea behind it is for me to transition to getting listings. So me and Dave were doing listings three buyers agents were handling the buyers and I just became like 90% buyer uh, listing agent. And, you know, listings to the name of the game list to last and become the employer instead of employees. So for me, that was, I don't know what year that was, but like eventually when we the buyers agents were, you know, flowing, you know, now me and Dave were getting the listings and these three were getting the buyer sign calls. So that was pretty cool. Cause then you, you have a life, you know? And, uh, then, then, um, then i got to like doing about 100 deals a year you know with him and i just I, I i capped mike like i got to a point where i reached the ceiling you know what i'm saying and he started to kind of like lay back a little bit and let me take over so like the last five to seven years i was running the show over there which is fine i mean he's taught me a lot he's done a lot for me and you know i get it you know you want to take some time and when You know, uh, whatnot. That's, that's great for you. Um, and then two and a half years ago, I've always had it in me to do it, on, to do something on my own, like, like maybe 10 years ago, but I didn't have the guts to do it. And my parents went nuts on me when I even talked about it. Like the fact, and just the idea of me leaving my brother, my mom and my dad, my mom, especially, she went drill sergeant on me. And she was like, uh-uh, loyalty. <laughs> Huh? She was pushing the loyalty. Oh, yeah. She went old school on me. I was shitting bricks. I was scared. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so then two and a half years ago, I pulled the trigger. Uh, you know, my good friend, Mark Z, is a longtime friend of mine. And when he, he and Jeff Glover got into the business, me and my brother used to help them. You know, they'd ask me and my brother questions. We'd have, be at Mike Fury, you know, events, and they'd we'd have dinner together, brainstorm and all that. And they just took it to another whole other level. So, you know, I've been a good friend of Mark and Jeff, Mark Z and Jeff Glover for years. And, you know, I can always reach out to Jeff or Mark and, you know, they'll give me their time, their energy and their knowledge. And um, uh, then the CXP thing came around. Now you're working that. Now Now tell me, you branched
1: off on your own. You did it about two and a half years ago. October 30th of 2018. 2018 October 30 2018 and at at that time that must have been a little scary you said you always had it in you but you were nervous uh people that are thinking about branching off on their own they're listening to us and they're wondering I'm thinking about it but I don't know if I
0: can do it what gave you the courage to do it um so it's hard to explain everything on camera but But the bottom line is, to cut to the chase, they say in eXp, once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. So I was literally looking at um, every, you know, I I was looking at every video, every YouTube. I was reading, I was dissecting the heck out of this company. And once I looked into it, I was like, it's virtually impossible to get out of it my mind, my energy, my vision was just blown, blew my mind, you know, without respect to all brokerages, but this brokerage, this company, this ideology behind it, it's like, I mean, if you don't see it, there's something wrong. Okay. And, and my brother just didn't see it. My brother doesn't like change. And I respect that, you know, not everybody likes change. Yellow cap is not going to move to Uber. I get it. And I just, I said, hey, you know what? I went to the convention. I said, I'm going to go to the convention in New Orleans. And I, you know, I know all the conventions are all, you know, Kool-Aid, Mike. You know, like everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. I get it. I've been to Mike Ferry, Floyd Wickman. I've been to Century 21, who I was with for 22 years or whatever. And I get everybody's on that, you know, Kool-Aid, you know, drive. But I, I went over there and I asked, I said, I'm gonna ask over a I'm gonna ask a hundred agents. What company were you with? Why did you move from there? Why would you recommend EXP? What do you, what do you like or don't like about this company? Like the same five questions and everybody answered the same exact way. Random. I don't know them. They don't know me. New, old, it didn't matter. Young, old, it didn't matter. They all answered the same way. Then, then, and the, the, the icing on the cake was Gun Samford was walking in the hallway. And I said, hey, Gun, you um, you got a sec? He's like, sure. I'm like, yeah, I'm with Century 21. Why should I join EXP? You know? He was like, oh, you're with Century 21. How, how'd you get in? I'm like, it's a long story, but I'm in. I'm here. Okay? And, and uh, he goes, here, sit down. Spent like 45 minutes to an hour. with you. Doesn't know me. To me, that was like that that showed me what what this company is really about if the billionaires millionaires ceo founder of this company spends 45 minutes an hour with me and everybody walking by at the hotel like who's glenn sentin like who am i like i'm just out you know who cares you know well he's seen it differently and ever since i was like i came back i just that was the icing on the cake and but I, I had to give my brother my family my past brokerage the fair opportunity to tell me why i should not go to exp and what they are going to do that's better that was my question to them why shouldn't i leave and what can you do better there's no answer so it's time to fly it's time to leave the nest and fly and you want to talk about a scary move you're to talking about whoa I'm part of a team doing 400 deals, 80 million in production to leaving everything and flying away by myself without a book of business, without anything. You want to talk about scary, but that's what got me, that's what lit fire under me. And that's what got me to where and to do what I did because everybody was watching me, Mike, and guess what? Everybody thought was going to happen. Thought you were going to burn out. Well, yeah. That's right. <laughs> what do you think they thought was going to happen to Al? But Al didn't think that. No, Al thought something oh. different. Huh? <laughs> you guys see my energy. doesn't look like I'm the type that's going to, oh, shit. No. <laughs> you know?
1: So, Al, let's jump forward to last year. How many transactions did you close last year, and what was your sales volume?
0: I closed 130 transactions. It was like right around $25 million in production. That's amazing. And my understanding is you did that as a solo agent by yourself. Is that correct? So my first year. So my first year on my own was like first full year was 2019. You know, the first three months transitioning, branding, you know, you're starting all over. You know, you're building that foundation. They're on 60 or 65 transactions. My first year, and that was around 10 million, if I'm not wrong, in production. And which was a lot better than I even thought I would do being my first year on my own, like solo agent, not with a team and referrals and your book of business, you know, but I was prospecting on the phone like seven days a week. That's how I got there. Social media, I was all over social media. You couldn't get on social media without seeing my face. You went to stories, you see me, you went to Snapchat, you see me, you see me on Instagram, you see me on LinkedIn. Oh my God, everywhere I go, oh, you're everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? insight in mind and so then my second year i doubled or more than doubled my production in units i'm like holy wow i knew and i and, and that was like with only prospecting half the year not the whole year because when i opened up my office may 7 which is friday may 7 2021 is my one-year anniversary i was working out of my home my home office and i used to think people that work out of their home office are losers I used to think, yeah, yeah, he's working at home. I know, watching Oprah. I'm not stupid, bro. You know, like I, when I used to go to the Century 21 and say, yeah, I've been, you know, I, I don't come into the office because I work from home. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah you're working on your family room, watching Jerry Springer. <laughs> you're not gonna convince me you're working, okay? And that's how I used to sleep at work from home. But not everybody's got my DNA, my drive, my hunger to actually have a home office and actually work from it. And that's what I was doing. When i left century 21 i went from a brick and mortar building to a a brick and mortar house when they say you're you guys at exp are not brick and mortar well, is my house made out of cardboard i mean it's brick and mortar isn't it it just looks different okay but anyways uh so i had to learn like real fast to generate business like as quick as possible and what i was really good at is the phone you know i was really good at prospecting handling objections you know, that's, that's what I was really good at. And I would 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. I was on the phones. Then 1 p.m. to 7, 8 p.m. I was, I was on appointments. And if I'm only on one appointment, two appointments, then I come back and finish, you know, return calls or whatever it may be.
1: Al, I I want you to tell me that schedule again. Tell me that prospecting schedule. Did you say you were making
0: calls from seven to one? No, so, so, so 7 a.m., I would start my day in my T-shirt and sweats, which I've never done in my life. When I moved to my home office, it, that's the look you have, right? Okay. But so 7.30 to about 10.30 for three hours straight, sometimes 11.30, four hours straight, I was calling expires for sub owners unconditional withdrawals. And like 10.30, 11 or 11.30, 11 I'll start returning calls, emails, you know, that, you know the whole you know admin stuff because I didn't have an assistant, right? And then I'd go up and take a shower, put on my, you know, uniform and go on to my appointments, whether it be listings or showing whatever I had, closings. And then I'd come back home and in my suit and tie and continue to, you know, call or, or return calls or my office is also my, I mean, my car is also my office. So, you know, I've never got the radio on in my car. It's always, you know, returning a call, email or negotiating a deal because if I got a 10 minute drive or a 30 minute drive, it's productive. My time is productive all. There's no like downtime except for maybe me when
1: I'm eating. Thank you for walking us through your schedule and your kind of your, your typical day there. And then you got up last year to 130 closings by yourself. I, did you have an assistant or anyone helping you? Any administrative uh, so, assistance? So
0: my son, who's 19 now, uh, uh, Mark Z's uh, assistant. Taught them how to, how to upload and download Sky Slope and MLS from day one when I became with EXP. And uh, that was a big blessing because that took away a lot of the administrative stuff that I'm not good at. You know, I just had to handle the title or emails or, you know, um, title or emails or let's just say administrative stuff that doesn't just takes a quick email or call. So that worked fine for me, but then it got to a point where like, you know, between uploading, he uploaded things, but I had to make them live on MLS, you know, I'd work. So to go back to my schedule that, okay, until 12, then and my lunch was not like a lunch hour. Like I used to have before. It was like, you know, while I'm working, I'm like, you know, okay, thank you. You know, dinner was like, I'll eat something quick and I'll come back. So when I come back to the house, I was at the time, um, I would finish my work and I would have a quick bite with my family. Then I'm right back at that home office. So the home office, when you do have a home office, it's really close to home. It's like five steps away from your kitchen, right? So it's very easy to walk back in there and, and like get comfortable just finishing work because you don't you have it on my, in your mind. So, But I was so busy doing from prospecting and not having an assistant or a buyer's agent that, you know, I was like 90% listings, 10% buyers, but I was just... From 7 a.m. to like 12, 1 a.m. was my day to build this where I got it to. So I don't recommend anybody doing that. But when you want to build a brand, build a business, and build a foundation for what, what I'm doing now, yeah, you got to put in the time, effort, energy, and, and, and money, you know. So I was doing everything, social media. I put, I put billboards. I put signs. I mean, I door knocked. I prospected. I mean, you named it. I did it.
1: Let's let's jump into, you know, I asked you for some information before we got together. And I believe that expired. So let's get into lead generation and some of the things you're doing there. One of your big areas of leads and uh, listings and their foreclosings is expired listings. So I'd like to dive into that for a few minutes because people are listening. They want to know, first of all, in this super hot market, are there any expired listings? Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV. Real Estate Agent Lead Generation Television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV.
0: Now, back to the show. Yeah, there is always going to be in the super hot market, probably I do about an hour radius. There's there's going to be probably um i would say five to eight maybe a day you know between the expires and unconditional withdraws you know what i'm saying uh so and there's old ones too from a year ago that you know change your mind about selling that i call you know they're supposed to call so don't just look at the new one call the old ones the old ones are even easier nobody's calling them what do you want to call the new ones that everybody's calling you're the 20th guy to call me well I'm i'm usually not the 20th guy I'm usually the first guy.
1: How how are you uh, getting the information to find the expired and then all their contact information? Are you researching that yourself, or do you use a service?
0: Uh, I use uh, Vulcan uh, Seven, and you know that's been I used to use uh, Mojo, Redax, Land Voice, but you know Vulcan Seven has been the most accurate with their phone number quality. You know, uh, Vulcan 7, uh, Mojo is a triple dialer. So some people grab Mojo it leads, dump them into Mojo or Vulcan leads, dump them into Mojo and it triple dials. I tried the triple dialing thing. I just, for me, I got to hear a phone ring while it's ringing and I'm pulling up the property. And I'm checking where it's at, where it's location, because most of these properties, I don't know where they're at, what, who they are, what neighborhoods. I don't know every neighborhood an hour away, 45 minutes away. Shoot, I just know like my press it in the navigation. It gets me there, you know. And so I look at the area. I do like a street view. I do an aerial view. I pull the history, how long it's been on the market, when it came off the market. You know, I look at if it was conditionally withdrawn. Six months ago, but it officially expired now. So now the seller thinks there's the seller thinks it's been off the market for six months, but it just now came up as a expired. So you know you got to know how to talk and use that. So for me, I do a lot of research that way. That when they answer, I'm like, "Yeah, Mike, you know you're um you're right by you know Smith Park, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You got the red awnings and the yellow shutters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at a picture. I look like I know it." But I don't. I just street view Google. You live across the street from that brown house. I sound like a smart guy. I'm just not. I'm a smart guy for no no to not look at pictures.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you're making that initial connection. Let's walk through that for people listening what your initial script is or your approach when you first contact that expired, you said the phone is ringing, you're doing a quick search on the MLS, you're checking out the area, where it's located on a map, as well as looking at pictures. And then you start to go into that. So let's, let's. do you mind role-playing with me if I'm an expired and we'll just kind of roll through what you do? Absolutely. So okay, uh, let's
0: do it. Ring, 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 hello. Yes, hi, I'm calling about your home, uh, that's for sale, is this the owner? Yeah, yeah, this is this the owner. Okay. Um, I noticed it came off the market, and I was just curious, uh, when are you putting it back on the market?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've been getting a lot of calls today, but I, I didn't even know it came off the market.
0: Yeah, you're going to get a lot of calls. Unfortunately, you're probably going to get more today, tomorrow, and the day after. And I'm sure you don't want that to have, keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, my wife's getting a little
1: annoyed, but you know, I'm, I'm taking the calls.
0: Right, right. Hey, I'm just looking at the pictures. mean it seems like a beautiful home. I'm very surprised it didn't sell. Um you know are you, are you surprised it didn't sell? I am shocked that it didn't sell. Yeah, you know our neighbors
1: have been selling their homes and my friends, I don't know why this thing didn't sell.
0: And you, now you got all of these realtors calling you all of a sudden, right?
1: Yeah, all of a sudden they're interested. I, I don't know what's going on there. Like where
0: were they when it was on the market, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. No, I totally I get where you're coming from, Mike. See, I specialize in properties that come off the market just like yours, and I can definitely help you stop all those calls from continuing to happen which i'm sure you want to have you want you want to stop those right
1: yeah that's getting annoying yeah right now
0: i can definitely help you stop so i'm just curious mike you know what do you think stopped your home from selling
1: Yeah, you know, my wife and i've been talking about it and i just think the agent didn't get it out
0: there they didn't market it good enough mm-hmm. and that's pretty common mike in our industry that, you know, most realtors I'll put on the market and they put on the, you know, multiple listing service, take a few pictures, hope that it sells. And, I, and I'm not one of those guys. And that's why I'd like to come by, take a look at your home, tell you realistically, Mike, why it didn't sell, what I can do differently. And there, from there, you can decide, oh, you know, Al, you know, Mike, either A, you're going to like what I have to say and it's going to make sense to you and your wife. Or B, you may not like what I have to say, and it's not going to make sense to you and your wife or C. I may feel, you know what, Mike, I totally get it. I agree with you. You should stay off the market. You shouldn't even move. You shouldn't even sell. And you know what? We'll reconnect another time. Any one of those three is fair. So does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. 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 So would uh, you be going to be around around three or four o'clock or would five be better? Uh, my wife gets back at four thirty. Okay. Would five be better? Yeah, five will work. Okay. Now, Mike, you're gonna get a lot of these agents keep calling you. And if you want to stop, just a little trick to the business, just tell them it's already been handled, or you can uh, it's already been handled, delete me off your dialing system because our realtors are all on dialing system, which you didn't know that, Mike, right?
1: No, I didn't know
0: that. So we're on dialing system. So if you just tell them it's already been handled, take them here, you know, delete me off your dialer. Or you can even tell them you got the wrong number, delete me off your dialer. That's up to you, but and, uh, but otherwise, if anyone, uh, we will see you later on today at five. And uh, I'm excited to meet you, Mike. I'm, I, I look forward to meeting you, Al. Now, they're not that easy, Mike. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: what are okay? the common objections that you hear? Oh, you're the 20th age. You know? Oh, we're not interested in selling anymore. I've had it off the market for five months. Why is everybody calling me now? And uh, I don't think you can sell it. You know, if it were you when it was on the market, you know, how come we never showed it? Do you have a buyer, Mike? You know, you know these kind of questions. If it was on the market, it didn't sell, what's gonna, what, what can you do different? Who are, you're all, you guys are all saying the same thing, you know. Everybody's number one, you know. So let's
1: walk through a couple of those objections, how you would handle it. Let's start with the one that uh, you said, hey, well, why didn't you bring a buyer when the, the home was on the market, Al?
0: Oh, Mike, that's a great question. See, the difference between me and your last agent that didn't sell it that didn't sell it, you remember that, okay. Is I call all the realtors in the area and I tell them about my properties. I hunt for buyers and hunt for realtors for my listings because my sellers hire me to work for them. So if I'm gonna get hired, I might as well work. Your last agent didn't do that and I never got one call by your property because your property, Mike, could've and would've and did Get lost in the shuffle. So it just became another property on the market, a needle in a haystack. That's not me. You know, I look, you know, I look for the haystack for that needle. Okay. And that's what I do. So do you want somebody that's a fisherman, you know, might putting out the bait and waiting for somebody to bite on it? Or do you want a hunter that's going to go out and find, you know, find that animal or scuba diver with the spear inside the ocean? Yeah, I think I need a hunter. That's what I am. You had a fisherman. If you like fishing? That's fine. But I think a, hunt, a guy with a rifle might find them find them quicker for you. Right. Let's go through some other objections. Then um, the other. One I give you the long version of it. Of course, you know it's usually not that long,
1: right? Usually, but that's the idea. Or the concept. The sure.
0: simple, and go and pivot and go on to the next conversation, next question.
1: Sure. So, how about uh, they say? Why are all these agents calling me? Well, you're just the 20th agent to call me. Why, why do I even want to talk to you?
0: No, I totally understand. Mike, did your last agent tell you you're going to get 20 agents calling you today? No. 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 Did you even no. know it was coming off the market today? No, I didn't even
1: know it was going off the market. In fact, I, I'm just getting all these calls. It's, uh, it's crazy. I feel like pulling the phone
0: out of the wall. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't get that call. You should have gotten that call. See, the reason why, Mike, I am different than everybody else, and the reason why I'm fortunate not to get properties that expire, I get properties that close. Why? Because I do things differently. I don't. If everybody did the same thing as me, or I did the same thing as them, we'd all have the same results. Did you know that, Mike, the average agent sells five to ten homes a year nationwide? No, I didn't know that. I closed 130 homes by myself last year. Don't you think I'm doing something different than your agent was doing or the agents I are calling you are doing? Yeah, you must be. So there's a reason why I still have you on the phone and you're willing to listen. It's because I can show you something different than what you tried and who you're hearing from on the phone. I'm not just another guy smiling, smiling and dialing and just hoping one sticks. And I don't call everybody, Mike. I only call people I believe I can help. And you're one of them. So with no obligation, give me 10 or 15 minutes of your time. You can decide if you want to go back on the market or not go back on the market. And if it's me or if it's not me, or I may say, you know what, Mike, you're 100% right. It's not the time to sell. Fair enough?
1: Sounds fair. So you like to give them those three options, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So either go on the market, don't go on the market, go on with me, go on with someone else, or just keep it off the market.
0: Everything looks like it's just a, it's, a, um, it's like a no-obligation situation. Everything like, you know, I'm not in your face. I'm all these like fast talkers. And you notice, like, there's a, I tone it down. I use a lot of tonality swings. I'm a, I'm a professional drummer, I'm a musician, so I know about crescendos, you know. Loud, low, slow, fast. Match and mirror the tonality on the phone. You know, if somebody's a slow talker, I'm a slow talker. If somebody's a fast talker, I'm a fast talker. If they have an accent, I have an accent. If in my recordings, you'll see there's no way this is them.
1: Cause you're mirroring and matching whatever's coming through on the other side.
0: Umber. I'm a chameleon.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Very good. Is that for people listening and they're thinking about uh, pursuing expireds, is there any other advice that you could give them so they could be successful? I mean, last year, I think it was 35% of your business with about 46 closings just from expireds. Even in a fast market, you are doing something right. Is there anything else that, that we haven't talked about that people should know if they want to go after expired.
0: One story that I use on every presentation I, I teach in my classes or mentoring, you know, my agents, uh, the, the, the story of a Romanian lady in Sterling Heights, her name is um, Maria. And Maria had all these expires calling, all the people calling when her house, expired at 319 or 309. I convinced her to me. I listed for 299 got multiple offers, sold it in two days. I was like the hero. And I convinced her at 300000 because it really makes it available for all those people looking up to three hundred. That one expired, just to give you one of many, has in several years created about 20 to... Actually, right now, I just listed a... Now, this expired that I'm talking about is from like 15 years ago. And I just listed her daughter's condo uh, about uh, 45 minutes away from here, and, and her daughter's buying a house too. This is like the, from that one expired from 15 years ago, has created about 21 transactions, and about um, geez, about 10 million in production, or something like 10 or 15 million production over the years. If I added them right, you remember I'm not a numbers guy, but I kind of get the idea. And so I think it came out to like three or four hundred thousand dollars worth of income for me from that one expirer. Wow. There's people that don't want to call, I don't want to call expirers, they hang up on me, they yell at me, they swear at me, I'm, I, don't know what to say. Well, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, I didn't know what to say, I learned what to say.
1: Is, is Maria the one that you had to really work to mirror and match uh, her, her tonality and her language?
0: Uh, yeah, you like how, hear how it went.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I've heard the story before, and I want everybody else to hear the story. Yeah, so so cool. she
0: was like, she was like, "Hello," I'm like, "Hello," she's like, "Who's this?" I'm like, "Hi, Maria." She's like, "Yes, who's this?" I'm like, "This is Al. I'm real. I'm real estate. You know, I'm real estate. You know, I'm Lebanese. So, but there's a foreign thing. Like, I'm real estate. I'm not real. I'm not saying I'm a real tour real estate agent. You know, I mean, you know, I'm a real estate." You know the house; it's not sold. It's a beautiful home. Yeah, you know I I live here. You know 30 years, and uh, you know she's Romanian, and she goes, and uh, you know the last real estate. Uh, you know he know he don't do good job. I don't want to sell no more. I take it off. Yeah. Okay. Bye. I'm like wait. She's like what? I'm like, let me ask you if 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 we can sell the home and make something happen now you know you said your house too big and your husband and everything you know whatever the story is and uh and uh sell the home and and get you to the condo this not better she's like yeah this is better but it don't happen I'm like yeah maria but it don't happen because the real estate is no don't do the job like you want she's like yeah you're right what's your name I go, my name Al. I know Maria. You know, I'm Lebanese. I know it's hard, you know. The people they come, they go, you know, get the house clean, dirty, you know, shut the door, lock the door. Yeah, I make it scared, you know. Okay, you know, Maria, let me do this. Let me come by. Now we're not, I'm not asking all these final questions, pre-qualifying. I'm just getting to the I want to get I want to get in the door because I know what's what I'm dealing with here. I'm like Maria, you know, let me come by. I just want to see the house. No sign, no paper, no nothing. Just, I want to see. Then you decide you like me or no like She said, okay, but I now sign. I said, no, I know sign too. She goes, what do you mean no, oh, you know sign? I said, you don't want to sign? Maybe I don't want to sign. So you have to be happy for me to be happy. Do you? She goes, oh, okay, I get it. I came over and the rest is. Nice. And when, when you I got, got there, there, I wasn't, I, I wasn't like, Oh, hi, how are you? You know what you are doing? Oh, no, no. And then you kind of tone it down a little bit. You know, you're not as, you know, as aggressive with the, uh, the mirror mimicking and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to, now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tone it down to a point where it's not so obvious. Sure. Naturally, nice. we, naturally we talk to our kids differently. We talk to old people differently right we yeah. talk to foreigners differently we talk to southerners differently right we naturally do it as humans why do we why not do it with everybody and watch the results cuz when i learned mimicking it was like 10 15 years ago i was like that's weird when i learned it and perfected it oh my god i, I do it naturally i don't even realize i'm doing it <laughs> right uh- Well, Al, let me me
1: switch gears real quick here and ask you about for sale by owners. You've had a lot of success with for sale by owners, FISBOs over the years. It's about half of what you did last year, I think. Um, So maybe 19 closings, so about half as many as the expireds. Tell me your approach with a for sale by owner. That's a different animal than an expired. How do you approach a for sale by owner?
0: And again, with the numbers I I gave you, I try to give you as much as I can can try you know uh but i don't know the exact numbers if they're 100 accurate but i give you what i can think of you know uh so the for sale by owners a lot of people don't like to call them because they're scared of them right right well, you know somebody's saying i'm gonna sell i want to sell call them they want to sell they're waving their hand you know why do people not call them because they don't know what to say but if you ask somebody, do you know the, you know the birthday song and do you know the Christmas song? I bet you new money. They know it. They know jingle bells, jingle bells. They know happy birthday to you. They can sing it blindfolded. Well, if you ask them, you know that song, but you don't know the script? Well, why don't you know the script? Well, because you didn't practice it. Practice, practice, practice. The professional athletes practice all week for a one-hour game. They don't need to practice. They can just go to the game. They're professionals. Why do we feel we don't need to practice? Cause we know it all. That's the mentality. So for sell-by owners, and you know, I just, you know, there's different Mike Ferry scripts, Tom Ferry, Shaddy Bazzy, you know, a good friend of mine from Dearborn, Michigan, who's a coach now in California, uh, a lot of great, you know, mentor, real estate mentors that teach you a script. So I, my, my script is, you know, ring, ring. Hello. Yes. Hi, I'm calling about the home. That's for sale. Um, just curious. How much are you asking? Yeah, we're asking uh 432. Oh, wow. Okay. How many bedrooms is it? Can you describe it for me?
1: Yeah, it's a four bedroom, uh, two bath, and we got a two car garage and we got a basement.
0: Wow. Sounds like a really, really nice house. How long has it been for sale?
1: Uh, we've had them um, for sale for about, uh, I don't know, 40, 50
0: days. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, excellent. And are you guys, uh, have you guys already found a home or you need to find something?
1: Uh no, we're we've got an idea where we want to go. We saw new home construction, but we haven't done anything with that because we know we have to sell this first.
0: Right. So you don't want to be holding two mortgages, right?
1: Yeah, we we can't afford that.
0: Okay, no, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh so so just curious, um, how soon do you have to
1: be moved? We we'd like to be moved probably in the next, oh, I don't know, a couple months now, I guess. Oh wow. How soon we have to get this thing sold so we can get into that property.
0: Yeah, so you obviously have to get moving soon, right? Right. Any offers on the table? Uh, We had a couple low offers, but it didn't work out. Okay. And uh, and by the way, my name is Al. I'm a realtor. What's the reason why you're going for a self-owner as opposed to hiring, you know, a professional realtor?
1: Uh, we, We don't want to pay a commission.
0: So what if you didn't pay a commission, but I did all the work? Uh... That's it. Why, why would you do that? Well, because I work for free until I get you a ready, willing, and able buyer and take you to, to get you to a clothing table. So I do a to Z for free marketing, exposure and everything. Don't charge you a dime, pre-screen everybody, but I only charge you. You only pay. If you go to our clothing, you don't get paid. I don't get paid. Fair enough. Oh yeah. But we, we don't want to pay a commission. Okay. So what if I can show you a way to net more money than you can on your own, even with paying a commission, what would you have to lose? Uh,
1: I, I don't know. I guess if you could show us how that could happen, that'd be interesting.
0: Okay. So I just want to come by, to take a look at your home, Mike. This is Mike, right?
1: Yeah. yeah this Mike. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: okay. Let me take a look at your home. Let me tell you realistically what I can do or what I can't do. And then from there mike you can decide you know hey you know i like this guy he's the right guy for us let's do it or b you know you know let's stay by owner i don't want to pay i don't want to do i can do it on my own i know more than he knows okay or c you know what um i may feel you know what mike you need to stay by owner there's no realtor can sell your house and then we can go from there how does that sound that sounds good okay Another direction I can say, you know, you know I, do you want the front row of a football stadium to know about your house or do you want the whole stadium and the jumbotron to know about your house? Ah, uh-huh, that's a good well, vision. No, I want like yeah. front row only. You know, we need one buyer, right, Mike? True. So if I can find that one buyer to all those fans that's going to give us the best offer, the best credit, the best income, the best everything, isn't that what you're looking for? that's true yeah so i always answer with a question give you an answer with a question the business we're in is a tennis match it's not a fire hose or batting cage a lot of realtors fire hose and batting cage the conversation the business is a tennis match (laughs)
1: that's a good analogy very nice very nice. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Alan. I, I got a couple final questions that we're gonna start wrapping this up. Uh, my My question for you is this, if you were going to advise a brand new agent who's just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first?
0: Learn your scripts, objection handlers, dialogue, and know that the first year is college so like going to college to be a doctor? You go for 12 years, do you get paid for those 12 years? No, so learn to earn before you burn. So, your first year should be nothing but learning. Go to as many classes, YouTube things, go on, go to as many phone calls, classes, in the wherever it is, training you got in your brokerage, go and attend. Don't look at it as a, as a moneymaker, look at it as my first year should be learning because there's no business in the world that you can just make money right away. And that's some kind of weird business that we don't know about. So get yourself
1: educated as quickly as you can and learn your scripts. That's Join a hearing. coaching
0: program. You know, that'd be a really good idea. Join a team. If you can become a part of a team is better than being on your own. You're going to learn a lot more on a team than you are as a solo agent. You're gonna learn how to crawl and walk so fast on your own and you're gonna keep falling. Well, when you join a team, you can have somebody hold hand, you know, hold your hand better. That's I would highly recommend that. Join the team is better, because that's what I did. I was fortunate to have bro- my brother, and the coaching programs he was in to, to get me to where I got to today. And we both helped and learned from each other. He was a book guy, very smart, 4.0, you know, Racing Michigan book smart guy. I was a street guy. So the book and the the book and the street got together and That's what happened.
1: And it worked. That is fantastic. Well, I've come to the end of my questions for the day. Uh, Al, do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners?
0: I would just say, watch this video like a hundred more times and take some notes. And just know that I have two eyes, two ears, two hands, and two feet. I'm no different than you. You're no different than me. What separates me from you is the will to do it. You know, I work for Nike real estate, it's EXP Realty, but I have this mindset of Nike real estate. I just do it. Well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. Trying is lying is failing with honor. So don't try. Just do it. This is what he does. This is how he do it. does it. Okay, let's do the same thing. Duplicate it. Duplicate what, what, what successful are doing. And you can do it too. They didn't become who they are, whether it be you, me, or whoever it is from something we are different.
1: Al, take care. Thank you for talking with us today.
0: No problem. I appreciate you having me on on your show and it's been a pleasure uh, being on here. Uh, Thank you, Al.
1: Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us on Success Calls. Thank you. forward.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment.